Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. Join me for conversation where we learn about food, wellness, beauty, travel, and spiritual concepts for high vibration living. Only you know what your body needs. Let this be the reminder that you have the power to tap in and know the food, self-care, and spiritual practices that will best serve you. I will be sharing my knowledge and learning with you from experts providing insight into nourishing all the layers of you, the physical, emotional, spiritual, and etheric bodies, so you can feel your best and live your dreams. Let's get started. Welcome back to the High Vibration Living Podcast. I'm your host, Chef Whitney Aronoff, founder of Starseed Kitchen and High Vibration Foods. And we have a fantastic episode for you guys today. If you have been following me for a while, or if you are familiar with my brand, Starseed Kitchen, and my organic spice blends, I use high vibration music to support the vibration of the food because I can't necessarily be in everybody's kitchen transferring energy into their meals to help them raise their vibration, which is essentially raising your consciousness. But I can do this through music and using the frequency of music and putting that into my spices and then transferring that to you. And this is what we're talking about on today's episode with Chris Merrill. Listen to the full episode. We dive into music, vibration, days for recording and getting different frequencies and intention, understanding the day of the week that you were born, understanding the power of OM, affirmations, words, kundalini yoga, and so much more. This is a jam-packed episode full of extremely powerful information, and then we'll also leave you with a lot of different places that you can go and look and gain more information. So we'll talk about the books that you can read, the places you can go to download this music, how to start listening, how to incorporate it into your life. I could have talked to Chris for hours, and hopefully I'll have him back on the podcast so we can all keep learning from him together. Chris has really a lifelong history in music, and you're going to learn about that at the beginning of the podcast. I thought it was really important that you guys understand his background and why he is an expert in the field of high vibration music. I'm going to read you guys his bio just so you have a better understanding of him as well. We get into a little bit in the episode at the beginning. Chris Merrill is the founder of Practical Nom, a production company whose music division creates beautiful original music tracks and practical teaching aids, such as specific tracks for yoga, meditation, breathwork, and prayer. As a yogi, performing artist, teacher, and music producer, Chris combines these talents to create teacher and practitioner-driven tools that are relevant, musically interesting, and practical. Born into the world of the professional performing arts through his renowned family, Chris had over 20 performing credits before graduating from high school. 
Chris graduated from Interlochen Arts Academy with a major in vocal performance and went on to study vocal performance at the Peabody Conservatory of Music at John Hopkins University in Baltimore, Maryland. His business, Practical Nom, has released 17 albums from eight different series, each dedicated to a specific aspect of Nam Yoga, Shakti Nam Yoga, and Universal Kabbalah as taught by Dr. Joseph Michael Lovery. He's also supported Dr. Lovery with a lot of his musical tracks, which you guys can find on Spotify and anywhere you listen to your music. Each track is specifically designated to meet a need in the repertoire of a teacher or student, and details such as track purpose, track use, tempo, track length, breath, repetitions, and more are taken into account to create a truly useful and practical tool for teaching, for practicing an authentic spiritual growth. In addition to being on the NAM Yoga Therapies training team, he is on the Harmonium training team and led over 30 Harmonium certification programs in the last 10 years. You guys can learn more about Chris at chrismerilyoga.com. That's where you can also download his music, listen to the music as you prepare your meals, all this information is also in the show notes. Let's dive right in. Well, hello, Chris. Hi, Whitney. How are you? I'm so excited to chat with you today because there's so much I want to learn about music and sound therapy and high vibration music. And a ton of people I spoke with said that you are the person to chat with. And um, you and I spoke previously, and you have such a deep history in the music industry. So why don't we start off and you telling me about your connection to music and how long you've been in the industry? Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, very few people actually get all of this when I talk to them. So um, it's usually we talk about music with me from like circa 2001 on um, but we'll go back a little earlier. I was actually born into a musical family. Um, my parents were both classically trained musicians and professional musicians. And my mom was a, my dad was a, a clarinet player and my mother was a professional pianist. And um, they both worked professionally in the field of opera. So my, so and not just any opera uh my dad did more operas at the Met than anybody at the Met in New York than anybody in the history has so far. So I grew up like literally backstage and sleeping between the rows and in rehearsals and being with all, all anybody that you've probably heard of in the opera. I probably experienced that. But more than that, it wasn't. That's kind of the outer manifestation. The inner manifestation was um, what music played a role in our lives growing up. Uh, we listened to classical music every day uh, for dinner, for coming home from school, um, in the car, going anywhere. And my first exposure to music, um, when I was about three, my one of my favorite toys that my parents gave me was a tape recorder. And they gave me tapes of um, classical music, operas. And so this is that's what I thought everybody listened to when I was about uh, like five. I could say the entire I could say I could speak back like like minutes and minutes of operas to you in a language that I didn't even speak or know. I just thought that's what everybody did. So I, I uh, that was kind of my upbringing. And then I, I got into a little bit deeper into it because I loved to sing. And so um, I started singing. Eventually, um, music became sort of my entryway into learning because um, my 
I went through a time period where I had to go to boarding school and uh, the boarding school that I selected was a musical boarding school. So I went to Interlochen Arts Academy, which is, was an amazing experience. It really worked for me. Um, and then from there I went to college to study voice. I studied voice in college. I went straight from um, studying voice into the opera business and I worked there for about 10 years professionally. And then kind of about that time, like let's say from college, so that's my classical music world. The, the, sec the counterpart to this is a, um, about, let's say when I was like eight or nine, my parents started giving me like CDs and I've got it to start like listening to pop music. And so I, I just loved pop music and uh, eventually I got into electronic dance music. And um, so those things kind of collided, opera and dance music, which you wouldn't necessarily think that they would, but they absolutely do. And uh, they just created a platform for me to grow spiritually. And my first spiritual awakenings um, were actually in nightclubs listening to music because I had a, such a powerful, I felt music so powerfully, it, it took me out of just kind of like the physical reality into, I guess, other worlds, uh, other experiences. And so I started having these experiences where I was like, Okay, there's got to be something more than what I can see. What is this? What is this that's out there that I can't see? And uh, that's really where my spiritual path started. So how did your spiritual path combine with music? So your study of yoga, your study of breath work, finding the yoga studio and Dr. Levery, how did that all come to be? Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Um, I, I, in the opera world, I did, um, I worked at a small festival in uh, Salzburg in Austria, and I met, a, I met a friend there, and we are still friends to this date, and uh, she said, she was moving to New York, and she said, oh, you have to move to New York, and I thought, okay, well, I'll move to New York after I go do this other stuff, and it took about two years um, for me to eventually move to New York, and she also moved to New York at the same time. And she started working at, she was also a yoga teacher. So during those two years, she started teaching me yoga. And not much, I didn't do yoga as a class actually until after I moved to New York, but I would sit and do yoga on my own for 30 or 45 minutes, just the things that she taught me. And, uh, and I, found, um, I found it as a way to kind of go deep inside um, I didn't really know enough about yoga to say that's what you're supposed to do even. I just knew that these experiences I was having kind of took me there. <clears throat> and then, um, and then, so uh, about six months before, I, five months before I moved to New York, um, I just was like, okay, I'm going to find out everything there is to know about spirituality. So I bought, I started buying books on yoga, on chakras, on aliens, on like magic, any Kabbalah, anything that I could find that was going to satiate my knowledge. And in one of the books um, was an exercise for breathing. And I think it was something like uh, inhale for 10 seconds, exhale for 30 seconds. And if you can inhale for 10 seconds, exhale for a minute. I was like, oh, this is great. Exhaling is like singing. So I know I could exhale. Um, my mom was also a vocal coach and she used to teach an exercise where you just inhale and you hold the breath and then you exhale on a hiss. As long as you can, because you can sing as long as you can exhale. 
When you stop exhaling, you stop being able to hold a note. Obviously, people in opera sing a long time. They hold a note for a long time. So I was like, okay, let's try this. I did it for about 15 minutes, and I had a bolt of electricity go through my body. I've never had an experience like this. I don't know anything about energy or kundalini or anything. Um, and it was, I mean, everything in my body just turned on. And I thought, wow, I have no idea what this is. And um, it was about two months, three months after that, that I met my, um, my spiritual teacher. And I think that part of the journey for me was number one, to say, okay, what is it that's out there that I can't see? Number one, show it to me, right? And number two, to demonstrate that I was ready because I had this experience. And so, um, so uh, my friend Courtney, who, who got me into yoga, was teaching at a small yoga studio in New York. And she said, hey, there's this guy teaching here. You should come check it out. Uh, his name, uh, this, was, this was my spiritual teacher, Dr. Levery. And, um, and I didn't know anything about it. I just said, okay. It was a course. It was 600 bucks. I signed up. I paid in full. Um, and it was a course on harmonium healing and healing and wisdom. So it was three weeks of Kabbalah and a weekend of harmonium uh, healing, which is a transcendental healing system, which maybe we'll talk about today. I was hoping you would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of my entryway. So what happened was I went and I took a, a, a yoga class. It was Kundalini Yoga. And um, I... I had an, another experience. I just didn't, I didn't even know what this was, but I felt amazing and like I was uh, just bright and full of light. And, um, and then I came and did this training. And in the training, one of the things we learned is the importance of wisdom and how it manifests in your life and that the day of the week that you're born is really important because it tells you so much about it. And so this guy doesn't know me from anybody, right? But I'm sitting in the front row, and he said, if you're born on this day, it means this, this. If you're born on this day, it means this, this. And if you're born on this day, he said, it means you're going to be these three things, which I had just spent like months overcoming within myself, like years worth of, of negative habits. And he said, and you'll love opera. And I thought, this is the weirdest thing, right? So I was like hooked. And for, I, after that, I just started to learn everything that I could from him. Um, I took every course that I could, uh, every class that I could, and um, his spiritual name was given as Guru Nam, which means one who brings darkness, uh, one who brings, um, one who helps people to move from darkness, which is Gu, to light, which is Ru, through Nam, which is the power of the word, right? And um, so it was... And he's someone, yeah, so that was my, that was my connection. That's kind of how that happened. And uh, that's why it's called Nam Yoga. That is also, actually, that's not why it's called Nam Yoga, believe oh, it or not. Tell me. Um, so Nam Yoga, so a few years after, uh, Dr. Lever was teaching Kundalini Yoga for many years and had a very close association with Kundalini Yoga. A few years after, he said, you know, um, I think it's time we kind of do our own thing. And so... He was, we were looking for a name, looking for a name, looking for a name. And we were, try, we were trying to find all of these names. And someone came up with the name Nam, N-A-A-M, uh, Nam Yoga. And he said, I like that. 
And he said, why don't we try that? And he said, yeah, I like that. So that's kind of how it came about. And, um, and it, it happened sort of very shortly after a mysterious encounter he had with a spiritual being, a spiritual, a live, a live person in India um, who gave him, who transmitted Nam to him. Um, and this is a, a, uh, an encounter that he's documented and uh, there's pictures of and it's quite interesting. Dr. Dr. Levery always said, you know, he did a lot of chanting, um, but it didn't really work for him. He didn't, the, he didn't get the massive benefit until he'd received this energetic transmission. And he said at that point in time, everything changed. Um, and so Nam Yoga is this mixture of um, Western esoteric traditions derived from Christianity. I don't want to say derived from, but which, which find themselves in Christianity, which find themselves in Judaic Kabbalah, which find themselves in um, the, the secret Western esoteric tradition, and then also um, the Eastern mystical traditions, mystical yoga, um, mystical uh, Sufism, mystical Buddhism, and, uh, and mis the, some of the mysticism that's found within the tenets of Sikhism. Um, so it sort of becomes a really interesting platform because basically what we're doing in Nam Yoga is we're trying to find what are all the pieces that bring people together in these mystical traditions and how do you weed out the dogmatic portions that divide people, right? So Nam Yoga is Kabbalah plus yoga. Yeah, so one of the questions is, how does music play a part in this type of yoga practice? Yes, 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 okay, thanks, thanks, I got it. So, um, so what was so interesting is that um, most people do the physical parts of yoga, some people do the breathing parts of yoga, very few people are into the chanting parts of yoga, but it's become much more popular, right? I mean, people are beginning board rooms, uh, board meetings and things with OM. Um, or like you go to the Chamber of Commerce, they begin their meeting with OM. So it, it's becoming much more kind of current and popular. The important thing to understand is if you look at the eight limbs of yoga, they say, okay, you have the do's and the don'ts, the niyamas and the niyamas, right? They say, this is to basically take care of your moral fiber. Because trying to get in touch with your spiritual growth without taking care of your moral fiber is a, isn't a positive recipe. There are even some great spiritual teachers that will say, forget yoga, don't do any yoga. Because yoga has a tendency to raise the energy from below, okay? And if, uh, so I, I've read, I, I've seen some of your um, video, uh, your podcasts. So. If you, if, for people who are familiar with the chakra system, when you raise the energy from below or you raise kundalini from below, what happens is you can only raise it as high as there's, a, as there's purity within that energy chakra or system, right? Mm -hmm. So if the person has a weakness in their root chakra and they're raising their energy, they, become very, they can become insecure, right? If there's a weakness in their second chakra, they, every, which is the reproductive chakra, the creative chakra, everything can become about sex. If there's a weakness or a, a something funny in the third chakra, everything is about controlling people, right? Oh, power, greed, I'm the one on top, right? 
If there's a weakness in the heart center, what most people don't realize is there's actually three ways to raise your Kundalini. So when you raise it from below, if the heart center hasn't, if the heart center isn't open, it stops there, right? And it becomes kind of a false projection of ego. People talk about how in your heart, you talk about how in your heart you are, oh, you're so feeling, you're such a good person, you look beautiful, maybe perfectly spiritual, but then you see them and they're freaking out in their life. Number one sign, if your heart is open, you're not freaking out, right? Because whatever's happening to you is good, is bad, you're in your heart. It's okay, you're gonna make it, right? Um, I'm not saying people don't go up and down, but, uh, but that's a good sign. So the second way, which is what we do in Nam, is, um, well, is actually what they do in Kabbalah. The second way, they, they actually descend the Kundalini directly from above. There's a drawback to that. The same way there's a drawback from raising it from below. If you bring the kundalini energy down from above, people get very spaced out. It's a cooling force, so you don't get the agitation of, of like, uh, like all of this fire running through you. Yeah. And sometimes people will start to shake because it's too much energy for their nervous system to be able to handle. Um, so that is, that's, that's the weakness from that. Now there's a third way. When you work on one chakra, the secret is to work on the chakra from the chakra above. So if you wanna work on your heart center to open your heart center, you actually have to work on your throat chakra. Okay. When you work on your throat chakra, it'll automatically open your heart center. So people start to have an expanded feeling of consciousness and expanded awareness of consciousness. They are, um, they are having a, a feeling of being one with everything. And because when you chant, when you use your own self-generated voice, it automatically stimulates the sixth and seventh chakras. So it gives you intuition. Um, it stimulates the hormone system. Um, it creates connectedness with the divine through the crown chakra. And because you've now worked on the three upper chakras, you're also balancing the three lower chakras, which are their mirror. So in Nam, we do a lot of Inam Yoga, we do a lot of chanting because we understand that you're balancing out any weaknesses or deficiencies in the lower aspects of who you are at the same time as you're practicing your yoga, which can generate this upward force, right? So um, I hope that's a short enough answer. Well, I say basically in a nutshell, um, sound meditation, especially working with self-generated sound, is a cooling, nourishing antidote to not just your yoga practice, but also the practice of who you're being off the mat, right? So um, it has the same effect in real life. So I have two questions from what you just okay. taught. Yeah. Um, one is, what's the importance of starting off a business meeting or a board meeting with having everybody say or sing OM? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, I'm going to give you three things, three reasons, and I'll put them in order sort of of importance. Number one, your power is in the beginning of something. Mm. So before you begin something or how you begin something is going to determine the outcome. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if you begin with spirituality, you're going to have an outcome where the spirituality is benefit, where that spirituality permeates that. So if you begin with consciousness, right? 
let's say you're consciously choosing Om so that you can have a spiritual outcome, you're going to consciously um, draw an outcome that will be more spiritual in nature. And it's not so much it has to be spiritual, but most of the things that people want really have to do with it being beneficial, right? Spirituality just means it should be beneficial for everybody. It should bring people together. It should be easier, right? Um, so just if you think about it as an example, if you, have a, if you have a VW bug and you want to turn it into a Porsche, it takes you a lot of time and effort in the physical reality. But if you close your eyes and you visualize it in your mind, you can turn it into a Porsche instantly. That is how you creative problem solve, find intuitive ways, working in groups that really works for you. So that's number one. Number two, oh, I might have talked too much. Uh, I might have gone on too long. Okay, number two, um, you're working with group energy and group resonance. So anytime that you, everybody does something together, it stimulates a, a unified harmonic field, a unified field of energy, okay? And this is also, uh, this is also generated by number three, which is the idea of heart resonance. In choirs, one of the things that they know for a fact is that a group of people singing together, within a short period of time, all of their heartbeats actually align, so their heartbeats are beating at the same time. If you have 40 people singing together, you have 40 heartbeats happening at the same time. Imagine how powerful that is. So whether it's Om or, I don't know, Om Namah Shivaya or Om Namah, Om Namah Bhagavate or whatever your mantra is um, that you want to do at the beginning of a project or at the beginning of a board meeting uh, with a group of people, this is, this is what you're bringing into it. So everyone's yeah. heart is on the same beat. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, now, so also remember this, everyone comes from a million different places. They're in a million different points in their life. But, and there's even a third, there's a fourth thing, which is in order to make sound, you all have to breathe at the same time. Just breathing in, in a synchronized way brings harmony, brings togetherness. And your mind basically takes the first 60 to 80% of the oxygen that comes into your body. So if you're not breathing deeply, your brain is starved for oxygen, which means you're not going to get a great result. Um, yeah, so three deep breaths followed by an ohm or three ohms. That's the recipe for success. So many powerful teachings, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. One being for people that are listening to this and they are hearing, wow, I need to be singing or chanting so I can open up my throat chakra and balance everything in both directions, what should we start singing? You know, what should we start listening to and chanting in our cars on the way to work? Oh, uh, that's a good question. Number one, they, they do know that people who sing are less likely to be depressed, statistically speaking. So singing anything is good for you. It puts you in a good mood, right? Singing anything. Now, there's kind of a point here that I think you're, you're getting into, which is, what you sing impacts you. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening to some sort of song that makes you really happy and it feels really good and like it's all about, oh, I love you and life is good and, you know, um, uh, that's a really good one. That's, those are positive things that are, that are 
for you to participate because whatever you're listening to, you're putting into you, mm-hmm. right? You're, whatever you're singing, you're sending out of you. Our life is made out of what we put into us and what we send out from us. So, um, so you want to listen to things that make you feel good and uplift you. And sometimes we listen to things that make us feel good, like certain pop songs or rap songs. You're like feeling really good. And then you listen to the lyrics and you're like, mm-hmm. what is this? What is this? Do I really want to say this as an affirmation in my life? Do I really want to say that I'm da 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 or you're a da da da, you know? Like, yes. so, um, so I would say um, you're, you're pretty safe listening to any type of instrumental music or find some sort of pop music that's inspiring and uplifting or work with spiritual music. Um, also, I think podcasts are really, really, really good way to positively affect your energy. Um, when you listen to something, it works on your negative um, mental habits. And, and if you think about your thoughts, your thoughts mostly came from programming from when you were a kid, right? What people said to you. So listening to something that's positive has an effect to help you um, learn to have more positive thoughts about you. Speaking things that are positive um, allow you to see and manifest a reality for you that's positive, okay? And then if you can actually combine the two, you're way ahead of most people. Hi, I'm Chef Whitney Aronoff. As a personal chef, I created custom organic spices for my clients. These blends are of the highest quality with no added sugar, MSG, caking agents, or any junk. I want you to have the same access to good quality seasonings, which is why I've launched my line of organic spice blends. High Vibration Foods by Starseed Kitchen is my collection of chef-crafted organic spice blends made with only good-for-you ingredients. I use organic source spices, ancient mineral-rich Redmond real salt, prepare the blends listening to kundalini mantra music, then charge the jars with the quartz giza crystals for a true high-vibration experience. You can now purchase my most requested blend, 11 Magic Herbs and Spices, on starseedkitchen.com. Use code STARSEED for 10% off your purchase. Can't wait for you to enjoy. So are there spiritual bands or playlists that you tune into on Spotify or Apple Music or any place that the people listening can access as well? Yeah, definitely. So um, so I have a few artists that I really like a lot. Um, a lot of these people do Nam mantras um, and some other mantras. Um, I'm a big fan. So obviously I'm a big fan of my teacher, Dr. Joseph Michael Levery. Um, you can find him. He's everywhere. Uh, Google Dr. Levery uh, in Spotify or um, Spotify, like any, anywhere you'll find him. I think he's produced 50, 55 albums. And some of them are spoken albums of affirmations or just like listening to. There's actually a great, um, a great video also on YouTube that you should watch called The Power of Not Reacting. Um, which is like a, that would be like the number one thing. It basically explains to you, if you're in a bad mood and you want to do something, <laughs> you want to like say something to someone, watch that video. And then at the end of that video, decide if it's if you want to say what you want to say. I actually listen to some of my own music. So um, I, I like that. There's a couple of artists. One is Renee Scuba. 
She has really beautiful hunting uh, music. There's also a woman by the name of Dahlia Simon um, in Mexico who's sort of a, a, a rabbinical cantor. And she does also some beautiful mantras and also some Kabbalistic mantras. I like Deva Pramal, I think, because I, the voice stimulates uh, a lot of beauty in it. Um, Deva Pramal and Mitten. Uh, I like, um, uh, oh gosh, what's her name? Um, she she does, uh, anyway, she does a lot of beautiful Kundalini Yoga mantras. Uh, mm. uh, it's right on the edge of my, it's right on the edge of my tongue. Um, anyway, so those that's kind of who I listen to. Um, is it like... Sanatam Kaur. Yes, yes, I love Adam her. Carr. Yeah, I mean, yeah. literally love her. So during my on my birthday, during like my ten hours of power, I listen to one of her songs over and over again because it makes me so happy. Her music is one of the things that I listen to when I want to shift my energy into a really happy, positive, joyful state. Absolutely. And you know, there's something like, um, there's something to be said for people who are devotional and have a strong spiritual practice. The, that comes through in the music, yeah. you know? So, uh, yeah, I think it's important to listen to people of high consciousness. I also think find videos of lectures of Thich Nhat Hanh of, um, you know, like great Buddhist teachers, uh, find inspirational lectures. Um, and once, so yeah, so that, that find, I think it's important to listen to spiritual music. Uh, if you are not feeling you're at 110% of who you are, you want to, you want mantras. Okay. So mantras have, there's three sources of mantras. There are mantras that people make up there are mantras, okay, and lots of people have that. Uh, there's That can be every, anything from like Nike, just do it. That's a, kind of like an affirmation type of mantra to um, mantras that um, uh, spiritual teachers make up. There are also um, planetary-based mantras. A lot of the Hindu and Buddhist mantras are uh, are based on the planets. Um, and, um, and then there are mantras that are received uh, that, um, like Waheguru, for example, um, or Ekonkar Satanam Siri Waheguru. That was a mantra that was received by one person. So anybody on the planet who does that mantra, Ekonkar Satanam Siri Waheguru, got it from that one person. Um, Baba Virsa Singh was his name. And even though most people don't realize that. No. Um, and I sing so. that song all the time. Anytime yeah. an Ekonkar song comes on, um, I, it, it lights me up. And I dance to it. And yeah. this is the music that I like to listen to when I'm in the kitchen cooking. And, you know, anytime you're just not in the mood to get a task done that you know yeah. you need to get done and you need to get it done well and with good intention, this is the type of music I put on so I can do it in that way. I think that's super important. You're basically saying, you're basically kind of clearing the way. You're putting spirit first and you're putting high vibrational music into you so you can bring high vibrational life out of you. That sounds like the name of your podcast. <laughs> well, cause I'm just, I'm just a space that allows energy to flow. Yeah. So I pull energy in so I can move it out 
to someone who has asked for it. Yeah. Um, I'm just the conduit for the transfer of energy. But I'd love to know, what do you believe the definition of high vibration music is? Uh, okay, I'll put it to you in three. I'll give you four things. <clears throat> um, I, if I can remove the word high vibration and say high vibration is high consciousness. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your vibration is your mental frequency, right? It's what you're attracting to you. Your, your consciousness is your vibration. So high vibration is consciousness is mental frequency is what you get out of life. And it's important because a lot of times people don't realize that they get what they are, not what they want. Right. So a lot of times, especially if you have people going through challenges in your life, especially if you're in service to a lot of people as a chef or in any kind of service industry, um, you get you get what you are, not what you want. So you want to remember that high vibration means high consciousness, high mental frequency. How are you thinking and feeling? So at the root of that is, number one, does the music you're listening to make you happy? Um, Number two, is it. Um, I would say, is it devotional in nature? Because devotional music, I'm not saying religious, but devotional music, uh, do you feel devotion. God is, an emo- God is an emotion. God is a feeling, right? It's not an intellectual idea. It's a feeling. Mm-hmm. You're having a feeling of something. So um, is it music that causes you to feel? Okay. Uh, number, that's what I mean by devotion. Right, And especially if it can cause you to feel connected to something bigger, greater for you. Number three, is it created by someone of high consciousness? Mm-hmm. And number four, this is actually Kabbalistic. And this is where what Nam does is very, very interesting. What are the conditions in which the music was created? Was it created at a time when the moon was waxing or waning based on the purpose of that? What is the key in which the music is produced? What are the number of BPMs, right? So is it 60 beeps per minute, which is going to have us, which taps into numerology of 60, which taps into six, which taps into a planetary energy, right? Is it, um, and uh, how many breaths per minute does it take you to do it? So usually a lot of the, if you think about like dance music, Mm -hmm. you're excited, you're breathing really fast. You're like having a good time, (sighs) right? It's like Zumba. Okay, but that's like the surface of the ocean. You want to get down to you're at the bottom and it's like, right? The less, the slower you're breathing, the, slow, the slower your mind, the more impactful that is going to be on you. Um, and so those are the four things I would kind of say, I think, that you would want to use. Um, and I would say, I'm a big believer in the power of the word, but I will say there is um, instrumental music that just transports you. So, and there is beautiful, there is beautiful music, uh, vocal music also that just transports you. So um, the most important, from the second most important thing is it has to make you feel a way that's positive. You brought up something about frequency. 
Yes. And I think there's a lot of information online that confuses people about music needing to be a certain hertz or frequency in order for it to be supportive, healing, help the plants grow instead of making the plants die. Is any of that true? And what is the hertz that our music needs to be, if that is true? This is a great question. Uh, I love this question. So usually in Western, um, uh, Western music is written at A440. Um, uh, so there's a lot of questions about what the, what the hertz should be. Um, at, the, at the level of humans, if people are disagreeing about it, it means it's a human truth. So what I would say is, each one of us has our own scale. Each one of us has our own tone. So if God is up there and he's punishing everybody who's doing A440 versus A400 or A420, we have a, a big problem, right? It, yeah. it means like, or like whatever you believe your, whatever you believe the, the correct hertz should be, then we have like, there's something not right with the universe. So what I would say is, um, and, and in general, it's a European system of music versus, uh, versus an American system of music. Um, they changed it in the, in the 1900s um, to adjust for, for tuning pianos to more easily um, in, the, in the West. Because, uh, so it has to do with um, well-tempering. Um, and then eventually, like, because they used to have claviers, right? And you had to tune every note. And then they had, well, anyway, so there's a long history of it. But I think like, um, I think you have to find your own note. And uh, I, I think if you don't know what note to use for something, you use the whole scale. So if you want to do ohm and you're like, okay, I want the benefit of A440 or I want the benefit of whatever it is, but you don't, you're not 100% sure what that is for you, do the whole scale. Do Om, 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 Om. Because, this is why, in there, you not only have the seven tones plus the repeated octave, which is going to be uh, double of whatever the initial note is, you have all of the overtones. So you have the overtone for da, 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 da. It keeps going up for every single note that you did. Like if you, if you take the pedal off of a piano and you sing a note, there's all of these, these other notes, all these other strings that start vibrating on the piano. Okay, so it's not just the note that you're singing. When you have seven notes in the scale, you're getting all of the scales, all of the notes. So, and then it goes up from there even into, I mean, there's some, there's some interesting statements about which came first, light or sound. Um, I would say sound came first. Uh, I would say sound came first. They, they don't say in the beginning was the great lightning bolt. They say in the beginning was the big bang. So, right? And then everything exploded. And sound, yeah, got, yeah so. No, I always felt like the Hertz discussion was a distraction to... Yeah to the other elements that create music that shift us and shift our consciousness to a higher place. Yeah. 
And you brought up some good points that it's really how it makes us feel as well as the words behind it. Yeah. And I think our energy should focus on choosing music in those categories first before we fight about the hurts. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And then, I mean, even if you get to the point where you're making music, you can decide what you want. Yeah. Like if, if you're, if it's important to you to do it in a certain, on a certain tone or at a certain hertz, right? Use that. It's okay. God created that hurts. It's going to work for you. So let's say I want to make my own music to support my consciousness, meaning something super simple. It can just be me recording spoken word. Yes. To listen over and over again. Yes. Um, you know, whether I'm meditating, driving in the car, going for a walk. Should we do this when the moon is waxing or waning? When That's we it. Start I, recording? Cool. Um, it depends on if you want to bring something new into your life or remove it out of your life. In general, especially if you're using affirmations, I would avoid mm-hmm. negative affirmations because mm-hmm. the universe doesn't really understand not. So if you say I am, um, n- the universe, if you say like, I am, I don't know, whatever someone would say, not uh, distracted or I am not frustrated, right? What the universe hears is I am, remove the not, the thing that you don't want, the thing that you don't want to be. So you always want to use affirmations in a positive way. I am um, peaceful and happy. Uh, and then I would do two things. I would, so if it's something that you, um, but you can also do it in another way. So let's say you want to be, um, if it's something that you want to remove out of your life, I am reducing my weight, for example, right? Don't say I'm losing weight. Your body doesn't like to lose things. When did you ever lose something that you were happy about? Right? No, I'm serious. Who, who wants to lose something? You're like, you get upset and your mind thinks about it constantly. So your mind is thinking instead of like, okay, where did I put my keys? Where are the keys? Where are the keys? How can I find the keys? Your mind is thinking, where's the weight? Where did I put the weight? How can I get the weight? How can I get the weight? I need to keep the weight. Does that make sense? So don't yeah. say you're losing it. You can say, I'm reducing it. Or... I'm getting leaner, right? Um, and those are things you could do in the waning moon. And another one, let's say I'm getting, I feel stronger. Uh, you can actually, there's so science of affirmations. You can put um, every day in every way, I'm getting stronger and stronger. Or, and that's like super clear because then it's not happening sometimes, it's happening every day. And it's not happening in only some ways. It's happening in every way. So that's a really good one. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. I'm happier and happier. I'm richer and richer. So if I'm recording my own personal affirmation soundtrack, I yep. should record it when the moon is waxing because I'm creating okay. something new. Yeah. So if you, want to bring some, if you want to increase something or bring something new, record it when the moon is waxing. If you want to... Um, reduce something or let go of something, do it when the moon is waning. Sometimes you can get the same effect. If you don't want to put a negative in, sometimes you have to put the positive in. So like if you, um, actually this is, a, this is the same thing for dieting. If a lot of times, if you want to create a new habit, you do it when the moon is waxing. The time from, which is the time from the new, the new moon up until the instant before the moon changes and becomes full. 
Yeah. If you want to remove something, if you want to lose weight or you're like, you know, you want to stop binge eating or you want to like, you know, stop watching TV or change, make a change in your life where you're letting go of something, you would do it there. Um, you can say, yeah, I hope that helps. And, but can I say one more thing? Yeah, if you great. want to make yes. it even more powerful, you, you listen to yourself saying it mm-hmm. at the same time as you're saying it. Okay. Be- so Tantra. I did that with one of the, one of my recordings today. That's so cool. Yeah. And it was the first time I did it and I was driving and I was like, I, I listened to my affirmations over and over again when I drive and I just decided, Oh, why don't I just say it while it's playing and see how that feels. And it was really, it feels completely different when you're listening to your own voice, say the affirmation and you repeat it at the same time. It has this unexplainable feeling to it. I'm like in goose pimple. You kind of got me like, um, yeah, it is a, there is nothing like that because it becomes the two polarities of like male and female. Um, one is a passive polarity and one is an active polarity. And when they come together, they have a baby, which is the thing that you want. So I'm going to re-record all my affirmations when the moon is waxing. Oh yeah, you can do that. It'd be amazing. I mean, might as well. We're, we're going to start fresh and really bring in some new powerful energy to support yeah. them. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love affirmations. I'm a big fan of affirmations. Um, so I use them extensively. So you have incredible music on your website. Is there any particular albums or songs that you would recommend myself and listeners to listen to while they're preparing a meal or when they're sitting down to have dinner that would support in kind of the ceremony of food and and feeling good while you eat your meal or prepare your meal. So you're transferring more light and energy into it. All of this music has been recorded like deliberately with a specific pitch and a specific time of the moon. Um, So it's all going to have an effect. Uh, I do happen to like... uh, there's a, well, okay. There's um, two tracks about seed sounds. Mm-hmm. One is called new moon and full moon. And mm-hmm. one is called um, 12 Kabbalistic seed sounds. The new moon and full moon track uh, is a recording of 12 sounds that works really well together. There's a, a 17 minute track and a 32 minute track, I think. Um, they're very powerful. And so if you're cooking, that would be a heavy duty thing to put in you because you're when you're working with 12, you're working with like the 12 signs of the Zodiac, the 12 organs of karma, the 12 disciples, the 12 months of the year, like it's a 12 is a 12 is good. So um, that's a very powerful one. Even more powerful, though, is a little teeny six minute track on the new moon and full moon called uh, six sounds for healing, I think. Um, so that is one that I would, I would really work with if you're cooking or if you're going to sleep. Mm. If, uh, so the first album that I put out was called Practical Nom. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of the music that I put out is I wanted, I saw a gap where there was exercises that I wanted people to be able to do, but there was no music to guide them. And so all the music that I produce is always, it's not really done because, hey, I love this mantra and I want to make a beautiful mantra. It's like, hey... I want people to learn how to breathe the way it says in the Yoga Sutras with a rhythm of one, inhaling, four, holding the breath, and exhaling two. In the Yoga Sutras, this is one of the few breath ratios that's talked about. 
Um, so, uh, so I created a track for that. It's called 142. There's actually even a whole album of that, but that one track people love. So, um, that's a great dinner music track. Um, mm -hmm. it's really kind of pretty and upbeat. And then there's also, um, there's an album called Healing Light, mm -hmm. which for people who are not into, um, mantra meditation, it's a 60 minute play, 62 minute played through, um, track that goes through the four seasons mm -hmm. and most people don't realize it but it's a you were talking about the various bodies and nature and by working with this track you're you're putting yourself in harmony with the four seasons even of, that exist in the day morning uh like morning noon evening and night so um yeah so that's a really good one and uh there's also, uh, there's one more, which I'll just mention, which is called Archangels uh, and Beings of Light. Uh, no, it's just called Archangels. Invoking Archangels, it's called. And um, it's, we were talking about frequencies. If you, whether you believe in, whatever you believe in, it doesn't matter. An angel or an archangel is like the highest manifestation of a frequency at its absolute best. Okay, so... And there's a place where, I don't know, there's millions of frequencies, but they have to start coming together. Those archangels that I recorded in there are Kabbalistically recorded in a special way that um, you get the 10 main archangels that rule every area of life. Um, and so uh, if you go to the website, it tells you how to use them and you can just sing along with them. It's like two minutes or three minutes. If you need something that has to do with creativity or healing, you work with Raphael. Uh, if you need something that has to do with cooking, baking, you work with, uh, you work with Gabriel. Um, so that's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I would recommend. All right. I have two more questions for you. Cool. Um, what do you think of having music playing while you sleep at night, just on a really low volume, um, but a certain frequency music or a mantra playing while you sleep? I, I love it. Um, Practically speaking, you are in your most receptive state, right? You're in alpha, maybe theta state, right? You've moved out of your beta, everyday beta communication state. You're into alpha, likely into theta, right? So where you're dreaming, and but you have this little mantra going into your subconscious mind for eight hours. Especially affirmations is also a very powerful way to work with yourself, while mm -hmm. you're sleeping, if you record your affirmations and listen to them. Um, but listening to a powerful mantra, yeah. If you're sick, listen to a mantra for healing. If you need money, listen to a mantra for wealth, right? If you're stuck in a situation, listen to a mantra to help you get unstuck. Ad such to God such, hebe such is a great mantra for that. I just um, love that mantra anyway. Yeah, yeah. And just put it, but don't put it on loud enough that it keeps you awake. Yeah. If it if it's keeping you awake, it's too loud. It's not going to your subconscious mind. You don't need to like sit and experience it to like get the mantra. Just relax. Put it on really low. Mm -hmm. Like if you had someone there that you didn't want it to disturb, right? Just put it on really low. And if for some reason you can't, um, one of one of the things I was thinking about is like, what are the uses of mantras? You know, and I you can I I think. You might have been going to ask me this, but um, just playing music in it, playing mantra in a space or playing music in any space 
charges that space with that energy. So in your bedroom, you want to charge your space with high vibrational, peaceful energy. It wouldn't be the place to probably put on like, I love, like, I probably, I don't know. You could just use your imagination. Yeah. Listen to something high vibrational and beautiful. Anything we probably would have listened to in college while we were getting ready to go out. Probably totally. not the music totally. would be blasting in that space, but we know totally. better now. Totally. And um, and we need something different now. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> hence why we both probably got into this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know what, Chris, this is the first time I've had a conversation and I never even looked at my notes or any of the questions that I had written out for you just because I, I truly have so many and you are just such a wealth of knowledge. I so appreciate you just coming on and sharing your depth of wisdom and everything that you've been studying for so many years. It's just so impressive. Um, where can people go to download your music and listen to your music? Um, great question. So there's 18 albums. You can find them all at chrismerilyoga.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-M-E-R-R-I-L-L-Y-O-G-A.com. Um, you can also find a lot of them on, if you put me, put uh, like all of the, the main places, Apple, uh, Apple Music, Spotify, you'll find me, um, you'll find various things. But some of it I only sell um, because of the length of the albums or the integrity of the track, uh, I only sell on my website. So, um, uh, yeah, so you'll find it on my website. And then I just do have to say, like, if you're looking for spiritual music, you should go to rootlight.com. Rootlight.com. R-O-O-T-L-I-G-H-T. That's, that's my teacher's Dr. Levery's site. Um, it's, it is a treasure trove of music and other stuff. So um, I, that, if, you're, if you're asking me where do I go when I need to get... Uh, that that's where I go when yeah. I need to like when I need to work on myself. Where would you recommend people look for more information about Dr. Lovery? Because I know there's so many different websites. If people want to start learning more about what you've taught us today about the waning and waxy moon, understanding what day of the week they were born, all the all that information, all those basic I feel like life tools that we all deserve to have and know so we can better show up every day. Where do you suggest people go to start learning about that? Yeah, um, there's two places. If you want to learn about Dr. Levery, uh, drlevery.com is super easy. That's L-E-V-R-Y. Uh, and um, you find out about all of his history on there. He's pretty fascinating. East meets West. Very interesting. Not, uh, not like a... Anyway, he's a real person. <laughs> um, and then... Um, Oh, for the, for, to find out more about what we do, um, you can always go to edu.namyoga.com. Um, that's a, a directory of courses that we have that we offer. There's a ton of information on there. You can also go to uh, our website at nam.life, um, which we're just updating right now. But um, if you go to the online, you might find some interesting things in there. So, And then um, one of the best places... Uh, if you wanted to start about any of this, I would look up the book Lifting the Veil um, by Dr. Levery. Uh, it is a fantastic starters book. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also, I have a couple podcasts coming out on some of this stuff. I have one called Spiritual Nonsense, um, which is uh, basically a question of, some, is something spiritual and it has sense or is it spiritual? And it, it, it's nonsense. It's a little bit of like, uh, fact or fiction. So that's something that comes out. I think it's every, um, 
every Saturday. And, uh, and then I have another one, um, called, uh, the, no, that's sorry. That's on Mondays. Then I have another one called, um, simple keys for happiness, um, which is on Saturdays, which is like a cool little 30 minute understanding of stuff that you can do or feel to be happier. Perfect. We can all use both. Yeah. Can you leave our listeners with one, one tip that they can consider adding into their life to improve their overall health and wellness today? Yes. Stop speaking about yourself negatively. No matter what it is that's going wrong in your life, if you believe in spirituality, it means you believe in energy. If you believe in energy, it means you believe there was something in the beginning. If you believe there's something in the beginning, every tradition I know of says in the beginning was a word. So at some point, if you're, instead of using the word to bring yourself down, Use your words to bring yourself up. Don't say anything negative about yourself. I think that's the easiest thing. Whatever it is, if you see something you don't like, don't, don't focus on it. Just, you know, say, you can say, I like my nose. I like my forehead. My forehead is a nice forehead, right? Oh, I love my hair. Oh, I look good, right? Don't go out, especially first thing in the morning. Because the first thing in the morning is like when you're born into that day. Don't look at yourself and go, oh my God, uh, right? Look at yourself and go, dang, I look good. This is a good day, right? It's going to be a great day. So that would, be the, that would be the number one thing I would say. Just don't say anything negative about yourself. Don't say anything negative about other people because it's going to come back to you. You're going to start doing that thing that you criticize in someone else. <laughs> it's a spiritual fact. It's a spiritual fact. I, I wish... I wish we could teach people that one thing. So, yeah, just use your words to make a difference in your life and others. You're so powerful, you know? Chris, you are such a joy. This was such a treat to have you on the podcast. Again, thank you so much for everything that you taught me today. And I know that you've taught all the listeners. Um, and I'm excited for this to, to reach people beyond what they realize that they need. So... Thank you so much. Such a blessing. And I'll have Chris's website in the show notes so you guys can easily click and grab onto this music that we talked about today. And if you have any other sites or links to your podcast episodes that you want me to add, just let me know and I'll make sure that's down there. Cool. Thanks. You know, keep doing what you're doing. People need a reinforcement of, of how to be happier and better. And every, every single person who dedicates their life to making a positive difference in the world is shaping the world for the better. And we need that right now. We need more people to wake up and just say, hey, I'm great at this thing and I'm gonna do it to make a difference in the world or in other people's lives. Or I'm gonna do it to make a difference in my life. But so really, you should be commended for doing the work that you're doing and exposing to people to, exposing people to so many positive, um, life-changing experiences, so. Thank you. Well, yeah. I think there's a lot of amazing tools out there. Uh, we just need to know what they are. And we need to, like one of your podcast episodes that you're doing, we just need to know which ones are the real deal and that are worth us investing our time and energy to because they are going to help create the shift and help raise our consciousness. And I think that's what we did here today. So thank you, Chris. If we were recording in person, I would give you the biggest hug. I'm so grateful. Thanks, Whitney. I'm looking forward to seeing you in person. It will happen. Yes. All right. Well, we'll resume this chat another time. I feel like there's still so much I need to learn from you and so do the listeners. So anytime you have something that you want to share, um, please let me know and we'll have you back on. Oh, you got it. Thanks a lot and have a beautiful day. 
You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of the High Vibration Living Podcast. Please leave a five-star rating and review wherever you are tuning in from to help more listeners like and find this podcast. And if you really loved what you heard today, pay it forward and send this episode to a friend or loved one. For more Starseed Kitchen, visit starseedkitchen.com and follow us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Be sure to pick up a jar of my high vibration foods, organic spices, which you can purchase on starseedkitchen.com. You can find me and follow along on my chef adventures on all your favorite social media channels at Whitney Aronoff. Thanks again for tuning in. Cheers to you and your health. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.